expect. Something happened I didn't expect a couple weeks ago. Uh, Pastor Chris and I were on our way to a meeting, and he offered to drive since it was down in Salem. And so um, we met here at the church, and I hopped in, and the car was actually cleaned up. It was pretty nice. <laughs> but there was just one problem. Chris couldn't find his cell phone. It's like... And if you know anything about Pastor Chris, you know his cell phone is like an appendage of his body. Well, we started to check all the usual places, pockets, came into the church, checked his office, and then began mentally to retrace his steps. And it dawned on him the last time he could remember having it was when he went to the Chevron station to get gas and cleaned out his car. So it occurred to him kind of with that sinking feeling that his cell phone may be at the bottom of the garbage can at the Chevron station. Well, we went to the Chevron station and instead of asking for gas, we asked if we could have access to the garbage. And it was one of those garbage cans by the fuel tank, so it had to be unlocked in order to get access to it. Now, here's a scene you probably wouldn't have pictured or expected. Chris is reaching down, sifting through the garbage which is not a happy thing. And I'm actually phoning into the garbage <laughs> to see if I can get his cell phone to ring to see if we can figure out where it is. Well, no ring, no phone. Not a happy feeling. Not a happy feeling. So Chris called Lisa and his wife and, and let her know that uh, his, uh, his phone was lost, so call mine in case she needed to reach us halfway to Salem. I get a call, look at my phone, it says, Lisa, I say, hey, sweetheart, it's so great to hear you. She said, um, I, I'm not sure I'm the sweetheart you have in mind. <laughs> it was Lisa Lyons, not Lisa McIntyre. <laughs> anyway, we go to the meeting, and afterwards we stopped for coffee just to check in and go over some things. And it's at that moment Chris unzipped his day planner, Flipped it open, and guess what we found inside? His cell phone. <laughs> it was awesome. There was just this moment of sheer joy. You should have seen his face. Ooh, he was literally like a kid on Christmas morning. There was his phone. And this is what I think is so funny. He's picking up his day planner like this. Where is my phone? Where did I put it? Where could it be? Sifting through garbage, in his day, and it's right there. He already had it. It was right in front of him. Ta-da! <laughs> you know, life happens that way. You know, sometimes the thing we're looking for, the thing we're aching for, the thing we're missing the most is right in front of us. It's already ours. It's already in our possession. We just don't know it. We don't know how to access it. In Chris's case, he'd turned his phone down to the vibrator. So we vibrated his day planner, you know, half a dozen times. But he didn't have a clue. And I think sometimes we just need to like uh, get into our hearts and into our spirits and into our minds and set, set those cell phones, those communication devices, so that when, in this case, God calls, we ring. And we're ready to respond. Right? And it's so vital. And today we're going to touch on one of the most vital dimensions of our life with God. And one of the most, you know, uh, delightful gifts God offers us, it's already been given, it's ours, it's within reach. We just need to crack it open. Dial in. 
Today our theme is rejoice. Rejoice. And the question is, how's the joy factor in your life? Do you find yourself waking up in the morning and just, yay, God, I'm so glad it's a new day? Maybe not. And yet the joy of God is one of the most precious gifts God has to offer, and it's one of the most golden and core threads of the story of Christmas. This is what we read in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The call of Scripture is to rejoice, not just anytime and anywhere, but how? Rejoice where? In the Lord. Rejoice when? Always. Rejoice why? Because the Lord is near. God is here. Somehow in the experience of God's people, in the experience of those who came to know and to follow Jesus, joy was at the heart of it. There was a joy that couldn't be contained. I'm wearing a, a cross today, kind of a special cross. Um, it's actually the first two letters of the word Christ or Christos in Greek. The CH is an X in Greek, and the R is a little, it looks like a little P. Put those together and you have a cross with a loop. You see that? This is known as the Cairo. The Cairo, Christos. Guess what the word for I rejoice in Greek is? Cairo. Cairo. Karate! Rejoice! That's why I adopted this as one of the symbols of my life. Because I loved that inextricable, inextricable link between Christ and joy. Do you know what the angel said to Mary when the angel met her to announce that she had been chosen to be the mother of the Savior? Kyrie. It's translated greeting, but it comes from the word Kyrie. Cairo. It means rejoice, be glad. Our joy is in the Lord, not in the stock market, not in the economy, not in employment statistics, not in the things we happen to have. Our joy is grounded and founded in the Lord. To get our heads and hearts around this, I think we need to understand that God is a joyful God. Did you ever picture that? That God is a joyful God? In his book, The Divine Conspiracy, Dallas Willard observes, God is full of joy. God is undoubtedly the most joyous being in the universe. The abundance of God's love and generosity is inseparable from God's infinite joy. All of the good and beautiful things from which we occasionally drink tiny droplets of soul-exhilarating joy, God continually experiences in all their breadth and depth. If you want to know joy, draw near to God. And you will know that you have drawn near to God 
when whatever circumstances you face, joy begins to break in. And it can. I came across a sweet little uh, story about a little boy, eight years old. He died of leukemia, and this was one of the mottos of his life. Never let cancer ruin your day. He had come into contact with a joy that was unconquerable, that was beyond his circumstances. Most of us just seriously underestimate God's capacity for joy and God's capacity to help us experience joy, whatever our circumstances. And the reality is that the more in touch with God we are, the more joyful we will be and become. C.S. Lewis once commented, joy is the serious business of heaven. (laughs) Don't you just love that? And joy and rejoicing in the Lord is a golden thread in the Christmas story. And we see it in the poignant encounter between Mary and Elizabeth. Mary has just learned that she is to conceive and has conceived Jesus, the Savior, right, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the angel Gabriel has told her that her aunt Elizabeth, who had been childless for, I mean, for decades, unable to bear a child, had become pregnant and was now, in fact, six months pregnant. So here is Mary, pregnant out of wedlock, right, now prone and exposed to the shame and gossip of her village. And where does she travel immediately, we learn in Luke chapter 1? She travels to see her aunt, Elizabeth, who is now with child. And when the two meet, when the two meet, Elizabeth has to grab her tummy and exclaims, Ave Maria. That's Latin. Blessed Maria. Blessed are you, Mary. Right? Blessed are you. Because you've been chosen to bear, to be the mother of the Savior, to bring him into this world. You will be blessed and remembered for all generations. And the Holy Spirit revealed it to me because when I saw you, the child in my womb leaped for joy. I find it so amazing that the first one to leap for joy (laughs) at Jesus' coming is his cousin John in his mother's womb the one who will be the great prophet who prepares Jesus' way. It's just astounding. And then how does Mary respond? It's kind of like, you know, a Disney musical. A poignant moment occurs and the lead character breaks into song. It's just what Mary does. She breaks into song. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit will rejoice in God my Savior. For God has had regard on the humble state of me, his bond servant. And behold, from this time on, all generations are going to call me blessed because the mighty one has done great things for me. And you could translate that, is doing great things for me. By staying near to God, by staying open to God, she was ever conscious of the reality that God had already worked wonders for her over time and through the generations. 
you know, breaking into song is just, it just kind of happens. Throughout scripture, uh, in, even in the life of Paul, Paul is the one who wrote the words, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And you know where he's writing those words? From a prison house in Rome. And his days are numbered. He knows he won't escape. And it's just in that moment that he writes these words, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Earlier in his ministry, he was on a mission trip with Silas, and they got put into jail. And it literally says they spent the entire evening, right into, up to midnight, praying and singing songs of praise to God. They turned a prison cell into a cathedral and literally brought the house down. Check out the story in Acts chapter 16. You know, one of the sweetest ways we can draw near to God is to recall all the ways God has and continues to bless us. Now, um, I grew up in, a, in a, a small traditional Lutheran church in Albany, Oregon, made up mostly of, of Germans and Norwegians. And so uh, let me show you a belly laugh in my church. <laughs> That, that was a belly laugh. Anybody? You had grandparents? Yeah. But in that circle of friends who were so traditional and so staid um, on a Sunday morning, every year we'd have like potlucks and picnics and crab feasts, right? And then out would come the camp songs. And they still ring in my life and in my heart. And they're based on Scripture. And I bet some of you know know them. Let's, how about this one? Right out of Psalm 118. You sing it with me if you can and, and listen along and let's see what happens. This will be the song that never ends for you this week. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Together. The day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day together that the Lord has made. Here's another one I just love. And I just, it, it rings in me to this day. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart, down in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. Go with me. I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Where? Way down in the depths of my heart. Where? Way down in the depths of my heart. I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Where? Down in the depths of my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart, down in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. And I love this one. Well, if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Sit on attack. Where? Sit on attack. Well, if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Sit on attack to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart, down in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. Woohoo! 
Now that was the only time I got to see my old German and Norwegian friend. Actually, I mean, they would break out and dance. <laughs> and when we got to the tack part, invariably someone would go. That was as close as we got to swearing at my church growing up. Aren't those great songs? Just writing scripture into your life, giving it a voice so that no matter what is going on in your life, boom, the scriptures break in, the spirit of God rushes in and joy just begins to well up. And I'll tell you why that last verse, that last song is so important. It's because the devil doesn't like the joy of God. We have an enemy and he is doing his darndest to make the joy of God go up in smoke in our lives. To make our hopes and our confidence in God literally go up in flames of discouragement, of distraction, anxiousness, and worry. Listen to what St. Francis de Sales writes of Satan and his attitude towards the joy of God. The evil one is pleased with sadness and melancholy because he himself is sad and melancholy and will be so for all eternity. Hence, he desires that everyone should be like him. The Grinch squared, right? We need to understand there is a spiritual battle. There is an evil one out there seeking to burn down the house of our joy in God. In, in one another, in the things that matter most. Uh, last, last week, Chris um, uh, shared uh, about a book he'd read by Donald Miller. And wouldn't you know, uh, I heard nothing but Donald Miller all week. Chris was like ahead of the curve, sweet one. Um, but he was covered in the Oregonian. He was covered on NPR. It was amazing. Uh, he, he has written Blue Like Jazz, and his latest book has a really funky title, Something like a million miles and a thousand years. A thousand years. Um, but he wrote something really interesting that I want to share with you. He was abandoned by his father as a child. It's one of the deep hurts of his life. And listen to what he writes. If I learned anything from thinking about my father... It's that there is a force in the world that doesn't want us to live good stories. It doesn't want us to face our issues, to face our fear, and bring something beautiful into the world. I guess what I'm saying is I believe God wants us to create beautiful stories. And whatever it is. And whatever it is that isn't God wants us to create meaningless stories. Teaching the people around us that life just isn't worth living. How painful, but how true. And that's why we need to take the scriptures to heart so that we don't miss the story of joy God wants to write in our life. A story of joy that will help inspire others with the conviction that life is worth living. So what can we do? Well, Paul gives us a couple clues. I'll touch on them briefly today. And then I'll show you how someone expressed her joy in God. And it'll be the one thing you remember today. It's amazing. 
First of all, Paul says, rejoice and drench your life in prayer. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Did you hear that? Joy leads us to prayer. Non-anxious prayer. Grateful, thanksgiving prayer. Paul says, live your life in the presence of God. Be present to God each and every day. And and present to God all the situations and concerns of, of your life and those you love. Right? And, and here's the power of it. Here's the power of it. What did I say? Satan wants your joy and your hopes and your confidence in God to go up in smoke and flames. Well, um, some years ago, um, the Yellowstone Lodge was being threatened by a massive fire. And in came the fire trucks right, to save the lodge. And they, fire, they got their fire hoses ready to go. And you would imagine they might douse the lodge, but they didn't. You know what they did? They turned their hoses away from the lodge and doused all the trees and ground around the house or the lodge. And when the flames approached, the flames heated up the water and it created a wall of heat and and steam that forced the fire to skirt around or be quenched. When we drench our life in prayer and the circumstances of our life in prayer and the concerns of our life in prayer and we, when we lace that prayer with thanksgiving and gratitude and joy, it literally creates a firewall for our lives so that anxiousness doesn't break through, so that worry doesn't break through, so that fear doesn't break through, so that despair and discouragement and depression doesn't break through. So literally, we're sitting, I mean, prayer enables us to live behind that firewall in the peace of God that passes all understanding. We can be in that holiday traffic jam, just, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. We can hit the crowded parking lot and say, oh, you take that spot. I've only been waiting here for 15 minutes. You take that spot. We can be in that long line and strike up a conversation with someone we never met before and find out what's going on in their lives, if they're fine and enjoy the season, and do they have a place to celebrate Christmas, and would they love to join us? I mean, that's the power of drenching our life, rejoicing and drenching our life in prayer. Secondly, Paul invites us to rejoice and focus on whatever. No. (laughs) There's a catch here. What are we to focus our lives on? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. See? Focus on the good of God. Don't focus. I mean, it's so sad. What's the newspaper full of? What's the news full of? What are the tabloids full of? All the bad. All the disasters all the gossip and the slander. And what are we invited? To rejoice in the Lord and focus on what is good. Let that inform and infuse our lives. And when we do, we will begin to see God in all things. 
we will begin to see God at work in all things, even in our lives. We'll even begin to see God in the things around us. Let me give you an example. How many of you are dog lovers? You're in for a treat. There is a Christian songwriter named Wendy Francisco. And one day, she has written scads of songs, but one day she looked at her dog and God gave her an aha moment. And she put it to poetry and music. Listen. I look up and I see God. I look down and see my dog. Simple spelling, G-O-D. Same word backwards, D-O-G. Stay with me all day I'm the one who walks away But both of them just wait for me And dance in my return with glee Both love me no matter what Divine God and canine mutt I take it hard each time I fail, but God forgives, dog wags his tail. God thought up and made the dog, dog reflects a part of God. I've seen love from both sides now, it's everywhere, amen. what can happen when the joy of God breaks into our hearts and gives us eyes to see God breaking through for us. You know, I look up and I see God. I look down and I see S-H-I-R-L-E-Y and I see D-A-V-I-D and I see J-E-S-S-I-C-A. I see that God is spelled a thousand ways. God has come near in Jesus. He is here in Jesus. One day he is coming again, as sure as a baby in the womb will be born, he is coming again. And his desire is for that day, for that coming, to literally flood and infuse our lives with a joy, a joy that is unconquerable. I invite you today, as we've done, to take the heart that you've been given 
And as we listen to a song that celebrates who God is for us, I invite you to write a joy prayer, a prayer for joy, a prayer of joy, a prayer for the joy of others in this world, in your life. But let's fill these hearts with joy cries of thanksgiving, of praise, of hope and encouragement. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you said that you came so that we might have your joy and that your joy might be, fulfill us and be made whole and complete in us. Draw us near to you that our joy may be full. Amen.